Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're here talking about topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can also be lonely and isolating, which is another reason we're here to help make moms like you know that you're not alone. Now it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor and healthcare providers directly about any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about everything pregnancy and life as a mom. So grab your cold coffee and tea that's been sitting out for three hours and let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. On this week's episode, we are talking with Katie about eating disorders and pregnancy. Hello, Katie. Hi, Amanda. Hey. How are you? Good. I'm a little nervous about this topic, I'll be honest. Well, I think it's one that probably a lot of people can relate to, whether they're open about having an eating disorder or not. So there's so many different eating disorders or disordered eating that goes on in our society since we're so obsessed with images, right? And, and celebrities. So yeah, it uh, yeah. hit home for people. Yeah, I hope so. Because a lot, most people, I will say most people who have some sort of disordered eating, if not all of them, do it in silence and are very secretive about it. So hopefully by being open about it, uh, we'll be able to have some people relate or feel like they're heard and seen and not like they're alone. So why don't you start at the very beginning and talk about, well, your eating disorder as a teenager. Yeah. So um, my eating disorder started, um, I would say, grade 10. And I didn't make a conscious effort into saying like, I need to lose weight going back even further into like my childhood. I was bullied really severely, not pretty. I was, I was bullied very severely from the age, uh, like from grade three, which is seven or eight. Really? Mm -hmm. And I could not escape it. And when I say I was bullied, I had every form of it. I was physically physically bullied. I was beaten um, verbally. I was cyber bullied at the time. Um, what? Yeah. I was told, you know, you know, I had people um, message me like over the internet and tell me that everybody hates me. Nobody likes you. You should kill yourself. Like what? Um, I was, Oh my gosh. I've been, I've been spit on. I've been dragged through a grout down a gravel road by my hair. Um, in high school, I had, um, so this, this, hold on, this went on from elementary school all the way through high school, through high school. And then I thought once I got out of high school, I was in the clear and then four years, uh, the four years of my undergrad in university was great. It was like this breath, breath of fresh air. And then actually when I went to teacher's college, um, after finishing my honors degree, I actually was. I guess it's, I was bullied and assaulted by a class member as well um, in teacher's college by a grown man. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So like I couldn't get away from it and it, I don't know what it is about me, but it was just, so it's always been this part of my life. I, you know, I was, 
I, I've had everything possibly done to me. And I think, and I never spoke up about it. And then mm -hmm. um, after years and years and years of, you know, being told that nobody likes you and being bullied and you internalize it. And I eventually, I think I just slid into, well, if I'm not, if nobody likes me the way I am, then I need to change it. And I'm a tall woman and I'm curvy. I'm not meant to be stick thin. I will never be that. And I know that now. Um, and I was always bigger than all the kids in my class. I was taller than my kids. I was, I developed at a younger age and it was really hard. And then I just needed to, I think I just subconsciously needed to change stuff about me. And I had a lot of stuff out of control with the bullying and socially it was really hard. My home life was amazing. I grew up in a really supportive, loving home and mm -hmm. I was really lucky you're still, that way. You're still close to your parents. Yeah. And I was really, yeah. really lucky that way. But mm -hmm. I think subconsciously I just needed to, I was trying to change myself to get people to like me. And what made me less different or stand out was if I wasn't as, if I wasn't, if I was thinner, that was what I thought. Mm -hmm. And so I started um, starving myself and I, I would go three, four days without eating, hardly eating. What? And my cycle, what I ended up kicking into, it started off very innocent. Like I would skip a meal here, I would skip a meal there. And then it progressed to skipping two meals and then skipping three meals and then pretending to have like a couple of bites at dinner and then not eating again till dinner the next day. And then I would just do that for days and days to the point where I would, um, I would get myself physically sick. I would be so hungry that I would pass out wherever I was. And then as a result of passing out, then I would have to start eating again. So I'd eat for a couple of days and the cycle would start. So, that so was, hold on. When you passed out, like you would just like faint. Yeah. I would just collapse. Just, and so did you get hospitalized for this or? No, I was pretty good at hiding it. I could, I knew the, like the symptoms of the red flags that it was going to happen and I would get somewhere kind of safer by myself. Yeah. Um, I remember it happening at work. I was working at a hardware store and it happened um, on the stairs up into the office because there was upstairs office and I, yeah. so that I remember had, like knowing the symptoms of the signs that this was going to happen. So I would kind of say that I need to go to the bathroom and then eventually I would regain consciousness and I would, or somebody would find me and they were teens and they didn't say anything. So we kind of just kept going. Oh, and I wow. Kept this really big secret. And then I kind of grew out of it. I was really lucky um, that I met, it sounds really uh, funny, but I ended up, I met my husband in high school. So I met him when I was in grade 12 and he had already graduated. And I don't know, he kind of accepted me. And I, I think I owe him a lot to um, helping me overcome my disordered eating. Mm -hmm. um, because finally I felt like somebody could accept me for me. And, and once he caught on to it, he really fought, really fought me really hard on it and really like took me every step of the way and said like, this is not okay. And like really worked with me to overcome it. And like, this was a big secret. I don't think I've ever like even talked to my mom about this. Like she has an idea that I would not eat, you know, that I, had some eating issues, but mm -hmm. um, never have we ever actually talked about like details of it. And then, uh, so I was really good. I was doing really, really well. 
Um, so I would say by, I don't know, when I was like 23, 22, I was doing really great. I had overcome mm -hmm. it. I was eating again. And then um, I was really healthy. And then I had my miscarriage, right? Mm -hmm. And then yep. um, I gained a lot of weight. I, I was in a bit of a depression and I gained weight. And then I went on a cleanse and I felt amazing. It was great. I was healthy. And I remember my Peter telling me, he's like, you have never eaten this much food before in your life. And I was like, I know. And I was eating so healthy and I was eating so much food. And I, as a result of eating clean and healthy, I ended up losing weight. Mm -hmm. a pretty significant amount, but I wasn't exercising at all. I, that was, I realized that I was not able to exercise. Um, I had a minor relapse when I was about 25, just with regards to stress. And I ended up, I ended up having to stop going to a gym because I was drinking two cans of Coke a day and having an apple and going to the gym four hours a day, five hours a day. So but, like, hold on, that was all the calories you were having? Yeah, I had I had two cans of Coke and a and an apple, apple. and maybe a piece of cheese um, for protein. <laughs> and so I had a minor relapse um, when I was about 25. And then Peter caught on to it and said, like, you can't do this anymore. Um, you're not allowed to like you we you can't go to the gym. Like this is not healthy. Yeah. And then I overcame it. I was like, okay, moved on. Like somebody called me on my bullshit and I was fine. And I just needed somebody to see me, I guess. And thankfully, I'm really lucky that Peter sees, he catches on to it when I have those struggles. And I was doing great uh, after that. I was healthy. I was doing really, really well. And then when I got pregnant with Freya, um, I was like, yes, I can do this. In my head, I had mentally prepared. I was in a great space. I was so happy to be pregnant. I was so excited. And I knew when you get pregnant, you gain weight. And I was mm -hmm. totally happy with that. I was, I was embracing every part of being pregnant and I was eating really healthy, like I said. And as a result, I didn't really gain any weight the first four months. I think I maybe gained one or two pounds and I was fine with it. And then I remember going to my OB uh, for my four month checkup and he took my weight and I didn't think anything wrong with it. Like I had been eating well, it was fine. And he looked at my weight and he was like, oh, you gained four pounds this month. You need to lose weight. And it, what? Was, it was like in that moment, as soon as he said that, like, I'm going to cry just thinking about it. Um, as soon as he said that, there was, there was like this snap that went off in my brain. And it was like, I knew in that moment, I was like, this is not good. This is not good for me. And I just went down a dark, dark hole. And uh, yeah, and it was four pounds. Like in reality, that's not bad at all. And no. yes, I had gained four pounds in four weeks, but I, or like in that one month, but I hadn't gained any weight previously. Yeah. Or hardly anything. And all I heard after that was you have to lose weight. And I walked out of that. I can't, can't believe he said that I to know. a pregnant lady. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know why he did. And I will say like, I love our OB. We have the same one. I love him. He is an amazing doctor. Um, oh, hold on. This was the OB, not your family doctor. No, this was our, oh. our OB. 
Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I love him. He's an amazing doctor. We've had amazing care with him. Um, but I don't think he understood quite the significance and the impact of what he said. And so after that, I walked out of the appointment and I was, I was in a very dark spot, like instantly that snap happened. And, and from then on the rest of my pregnancy, I was at war with myself the entire time, every moment of my pregnancy, because I, I knew that I needed, I was going to gain weight and I was happy with that. I was fine. I was in a really great place. And then all of a sudden a medical professional told me, no, you need to lose weight. And it was like all over again, I'm being told that I'm not good enough and I need to change. And from then on, I fought myself tooth and nail about, and I, about what I was eating. I got very restrictive. And I really struggled with eating the rest of my pregnancy. And that was pretty early on. Like that was at month four, my four month check checkup. So that was really hard. And I remember, I don't even know how far along I was. It was later on. And Peter and I were walking the dog around the block. And I remember saying to him, like, I am struggling so hard right now. And he said, why? Like, everything's fine. Like, we're doing great. Like, everything's healthy. And I said, no, like, I am fighting with myself, forcing myself to eat because all I want to do is not eat right now. And that upset him so much, which then broke my heart that that upset him. And, and then he got really scared. And then he told my mom. <laughs> and, and then the domino effect. Yeah. And then my mom was like, why is this happening? And then I told her about my past. And then she was blindsided by that. Yeah. So the rest of my pregnancy, I thought I'm a person who can compartmentalize uh, my, my brain. And so on one side of my brain, I knew I needed to gain weight. Like mm -hmm. that is, it's just a matter of fact, right? That's you're growing, you're yeah. growing a baby. There's water, there's mm -hmm. increased blood flow. Like that there's alone, the <laughs> there's the baby yeah. that alone is weight gain, right? Yes. That doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And then, but on the other side of it was like, no, this is not okay. You've been told by a medical professional, you need to stop and you need to lose weight. And from then on, my entire pregnancy with Freya, I gained a total of nine pounds. Uh, so hold on. So how much total did like you, all together, you, you gained nine pounds? Or you all together, I gained nine pounds. pounds. No, all together. Jeez. So after that appointment where I was told need to lose some weight, um, I did not gain for three months, I think. No, it wasn't that many. There was at least two months where I did not have a gain or I had half a pound gain. Um, and it was just small increments from then on because I was really, really limiting what I was eating and really, but then also really fighting to get that food in my mouth. Um, so yeah, that was, and then when I delivered Freya, like we all know that she came early and so that was a surprise. And then, uh, she was tidy, which, you know, goes with having a preemie, but then she was also, she, when she was born, her blood sugars were really low. They were almost non-existent, um, which I was never told like, this is something that you caused or it just happened. Like it just is a matter of 
it happening. I don't know, but I feel really guilty that that happened because um, there is a chance that maybe I've done it. I don't know. Nobody ever told me I did. I nobody say, ever... but, but nobody ever said that you did. No, but in my head is like, okay, looking back, I'm thinking, did I, you know, I know I was fighting myself on this. Is this why this happened? We'll never know. And Freya is very healthy, thankfully, but. Well, sometimes it's hard to put the blame on yourself, even though it might not have, even if you'd done everything different, it, the outcome might've been the exact same. Well, yeah, but it's also right. very easy to put the blame on yourself as well, right? It is. So, yeah. uh, and I am a personality type that always puts the blame on me. I'm very hard on myself. And so, um, yeah, so that was, that was really hard. And I re really struggled. I did not have allow myself any type of craving with Freya. I did have watermelon, but watermelon is water. So I was like, that doesn't count. See that like, there's the messed up like logic there. Like I had yeah. watermelon, but watermelon doesn't count because it's mostly water. But yeah, it was really, really hard. But then once I had Freya, that was a big wake up call. Like, oh my God, look what I did. So then that kind of snapped me out of it as well after I had her because I was like, I need to, I'm going to try and breastfeed. I want to try and breastfeed. So I need to eat for that to happen. And I ended up putting, gaining weight after I had Freya. And really? I was like, yeah, I gained more weight after I had Freya than I, than I, when I was pregnant. And I actually think I was like one of the thinnest I've ever been when I like maybe two or three days after like postpartum after delivering her, I was really thin. And, th but that's because ultimately I didn't really gain any weight. If you, nothing you weren't else, packing I lost the weight, weight on. Yeah. Nothing after losing, like after the placenta and all the what, like after delivery, I think I probably ended up losing weight while I was pregnant. Like mm -hmm. if that math works out, but it was hard. It was really, really hard. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard being pregnant in general and having all this hormonal stuff happening yeah and your body changing like especially the first time but like to have an eating disorder on top of it yeah you know and that internal battle that makes it so much more challenging yeah and that was that was the thing too is like it is an internal challenge it is totally a mental challenge that results in physical changes but I knew enough in myself that I needed to articulate my, my struggle. And it was to the point where every time I went to the OB office, I, that morning, I always booked my appointments for one of the first ones in the morning. I would, um, try and poop before I would go so that I would lose some weight that way. I was weighing myself anywhere between eight and 12 times between the time I woke up and the time I walked out that door to go to my appointment. And when I say like in that time, that's like an hour maybe. And I was weighing the, what clothes I was take, wearing to that appointment to know exactly how much I was going to be carrying like clothing wise um, when I get what got weighed. And I was obsessive about weighing it, weighing myself and my clothes. I was weighing so, myself all the time to the point where Peter actually threw away our scale and said like, we're done. And then he, he ended up coming to one of the appointments and talking to our doctor and saying like, this is what's happened. This is not okay. Like, I'm very worried about her. We can't have her weighing. And they ended up 
he ended up stopped weighing, stop, stopping weighing me. Um, he would not weigh me um, when I would go in to get checked because of it being such a stressor and such a trigger for me. Well, that's good that he respond like was responsive to that, right? Yeah, to help you. It took a couple of visits to say, and then for me to break down with Peter there to say for him to realize like just how much I was suffering. And every time I would go in, I'd say like, this is what's happening. Like I am freaking out. I'm fixating on this on weight. I am struggling. I'm not eating what I'm supposed to be eating. And he would kind of not dismiss me, but I don't think he understood the severity of it until I broke down with Peter there and Peter saying like, this need, this is dangerous. This is not good. Like she has a background of this. This is what she does. And then I think that was a big red flag and he caught on to it and then acted on it and stopped weighing me. So then with Finn, you yeah. didn't, you didn't have the same issues with your eating disorder when you had Finn, correct? Um, no, I was aware, I think I was more mentally prepared that this could happen. And then when I got transferred to my OB, um, I said like this, remember this is what happened last time. What are we gonna do with it? And so he, um, he still weighed me, but I did not know the weight. Um, I would turn around and he just made note of it. And then we didn't at home, we didn't have a, have a, a scale because a, a yeah. Peter had thrown it out a year and a half before um, or two years before. So at home, I didn't have the option. We still don't have a scale here, but it was, I think I was more mentally prepared. Like, okay, this is what happened last time. I'm aware of what triggered me and what essentially broke me. I, I think I was more mentally prepared for it and I for sure gained more weight with Finn. I know I gained, like we've seen the side-by-side -side photos, <laughs> comparison photos between the two. But you do pop more with the second pregnancy, they say. Oh yeah, because yeah. your body knows what's yeah. happening. And that's, yeah. and so I, I was more prepared, I think. And my OB took me more, I think took me more seriously about it. And from the beginning was aware of his words and what happened and tried to avoid that from happening and did his best with that. And then Peter were, and my mom were also very aware of, okay, like what's happening. They were checking in on me. Um, I had a lot more eyes on me and a lot more, I guess, unsolicited support because when I went to them for help and support, I got it no problem. They were there for me, absolutely. But I didn't have to go to them with Finn's pregnancy because they were already there and already aware and already- They were already on alert, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the key to overcoming something like this is having the support in place, whether it's your spouse or your partner, your parents, siblings or even like getting professional help yeah like just have the help so that you have someone to talk to you have someone who's checking in on you and someone helping you overcome the obstacle and throwing out the scale right yeah absolutely and that was not something that I would have been able to do by myself oh I definitely not I was no. not in a place to do that that yeah. scale was my lifeline and yeah. it took somebody else not 
to almost take control over the situation because I was not able to control in any way. So, yeah, I was very lucky to have people there to support me. And um, I am very thankful that they were there. But I also need to give myself credit for it because I also know that I need to speak up. And I have been advocate, I advocate for myself and I advocated for myself saying like, this is not okay. I need help. I'm suffering rather than doing it in silence. Like I did for years before when Mm -hmm. I was a teenager, I had learned from my mistakes. And at this point, at this time, it wasn't just me, right? My baby's life was being affected. Yeah. Um, And like, you know, we always know that People, doctors will always say, you know, babies will take everything that they need and they'll, they'll leave nothing for the mother. Like, don't worry, your baby will get what you need, what they need, mm-hmm. which is true. Your baby will take what it needs. But mm-hmm. ultimately, if you're not getting what you need as well, then neither of you are going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And being healthy mentally is just as important as being healthy physically because, you know, that post, once that baby comes, your hormones, that postpartum period is so mentally draining and stressful that yeah. if you're not in a good headspace to begin with, leading into your delivery and in a healthy spot mentally, then you're at a higher, higher risk for having mental struggles postpartum, right? Because the lack of sleep, you know, a crying baby the struggles with trying to feed, are they getting enough? Are you good at breastfeed? Are they, do you know how to breastfeed? Like nobody knows how to breastfeed. Like there's all those stresses. And if you're not in a good space mentally, then it's only exacerbated postpartum. That's just the reality of it. So Mm -hmm. I, it's very important to advocate for yourself and realize that this is, you need to take care of yourself as a mother, because if you're not taken care of, then your baby is not taken care of. Exactly. Yeah. You are the, you are the center of that baby's universe. Yeah. Right. And you are the glue to the whole family. Like once it's you and your husband or if there's other kids involved, so you need to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that was, that's my, my experience with my, with disordered eating while pregnant. Well, thank you for being so honest because it's a very hard topic And it's one that not everyone wants to talk about, but I think it's one that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And and just because you don't have a diagnosis or you haven't been hospitalized for something doesn't mean that you have disorder. You don't have disordered eating. There is varying degrees of disordered eating and, and none of it is healthy. That's the thing. It's just, it's not healthy. And whether you have a label attached to it or you just have these tendencies or behaviors it's not healthy. And it is, like we said, it is so important for the mother to be healthy. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.